The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Support for Armchair and the Saints Happy Hour podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Held. We are the perfect blend of saint sincerity and stupidity. Coming up next, we'll talk with our football uh, expert. Well, that's what he calls himself. <laughs> uh, from WBLTV.com uh, Sports Column. And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, everybody. Welcome to the misery that is the Saints Happy Hour podcast. We're all going to have a group hug. We're going to laugh, we're going to cry, we're going to get drunk. We may even start a couple fights. Uh, Saints I don't even know how you could how you could <laughs> open the show so <laughs> with such energy and enthusiasm, Ralph. I really hey, don't even know how you do it. Fake it till you make it, Dave. It's my motto in life of all things. Well, we definitely haven't made it. So, so, sure. so I got to keep faking it. So here's the thing, you know, I, I was thinking about this playoff game and it's terrible and we get to all the details, but I was thinking about the main thing that made me the saddest and it's this, is that when Taysom Hill, Dave, when he busted out that 28-yard run and he got down to the Saints 20 and the Saints had gone full Taysom Hill and he was going to fucking save the Saints, the analytics nerds were losing their minds on Twitter and they were just defeated and I was like... Taysom Hill is going to save the Saints. They're going to score. They're going to go up. Cousins is going to do Cousins-type activities, which is a pick. We're going to laugh about this. I'm going to make a Taysom Hill jersey. Me and Eric Polson are going to laugh like schoolgirls because we both love Taysom Hill. We're going to make out through Skype Monday morning. This is going to be great, and it just didn't happen. And that, I think, is the reason why I'm so, so sad today right now. Mm. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you as far as Taysom Hill. He, I mean, let's be honest, he was he was more elusive than Camaro was uh, today. I felt like, I mean, he was he could not be brought down with one tackle, two tackles. Um, you know, I, I think out of the four of us here on the podcast tonight, I think I was the only one that was actually at the game. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, first of all, I got to say, I, I think that fans could have been louder. I, I think now that I know, now that we had the NFC Championship game last year, I think that was probably the loudest I've ever heard the Superdome, uh, you know, the NFC Championship game against the Rams. And we were not only loud uh, when we needed to be loud, but we were loud early. We were loud while they were in the huddle. And I thought that, that was, some of that was going to carry over into this game. And I did not feel like we were we could we were as loud as we could have been. Uh, I'm not saying that changes the outcome of the game, but uh, I, I that was something that I noticed. Ralph, and, can you play the breaking news siren real quick? I I have news to break just now. Yeah. Alvin Kamara just caught the pass and fell towards the first down again. <laughs> Oh my uh, goodness! It is gonna be it is gonna be an off season of of should we he went out we of tra- bounds gingerly a yard short of the first down. Kevin, I mean, I mean, spin spin zone. That means uh, we don't need to pay him a whole bunch of money now to keep him. No, we don't we'll trade him to Ryan Pace. We'll fleece the Bears. Uh, Kevin, I said I was enraged by Stephon Diggs doing the Choppa style and taunting Sean Payton. The reason why I was enraged... I mean, is Kevin, like, installing pipes? Yeah, Jesus. Close. I was just... I, I just activated my dishwasher. Nice. Is it possible for you to take care of your household chores before you get we go live on this fucking podcast? Just once, can well, you take care just, of all your household duties well, and then the just funny- sit down and relax and focus on us? Well, the funny thing is like the funny thing is that is that when the podcast starts, that's when I get reminded, oh, yeah, like if I didn't start the dishwasher now, I might forget to actually start it. So I would, you know, kind of like how you forgot to watch the Saints game. (laughs) Right. But Kevin, I'm finding very little funny about that. But Kevin, here's the thing. I. I was enraged that Stephon Diggs is doing the Choppa style to taunt Sean Payton, and yeah. he didn't do dick the whole game. Like, you, dude, if the Vikings would have lost, they might have not taken you on the plane ride home. He was yelling at people, throwing his helmet. That enraged he me. He got shut been... down by Lattimore. He got shut down by Janoris Jenkins. Yeah. like They had Janoris Jenkins on him, and the Vikings still kept throwing to Thielen. I hate the Vikings so much. Kevin, are the Vikings now the most hated Saints team? I feel like they may. They are. They got to be. Non-Atlanta variety, of course. Well, 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 hang on a minute, man. You can't, you can't make fucking exceptions like that. It's either, it's either are they the most hated or aren't they? Do you hate them more than the Falcons or not? I think I might. I think I might because the, Fal- the Falcons – they're they're a disaster. They're going to stay a disaster for the foreseeable future until they get rid of Quinn and Mitroff. I think my, the right now the Vikings are number one for me. Okay. Hmm. No. Recency bias. 
I mean, if I can't be recency bias when I'm drunk and angry and sad, when can I have recency bias? You gotta bathe. You gotta you know just bask in it, right? Um. So so let's let's talk about uh. Camara, because Andrew, you were talking about him before the show, and you were you and and and, and you were and and uh, and lay out your your theory of 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 him. Well, yeah, I just wonder. I mean, I wondered out loud. You know, I, I don't have. I don't obviously. I, I'm uh, I'm on. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fumes. You know, the game just took a lot out of me. And uh, I've been trying to move on and not think about it since. So, you know, oh, before, before you talk about Camara, talk about your son becoming a real Saints fan today. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the, for the first time, he's nine years old. For the first time, he kind of dropped after the game, some, some self-loathing comments, like, yeah, I think he said, I hate my life, (laughs) which is, I was probably about nine years old and it was after a Saints game that I said that for the first time. So, so it kind of reminded me of myself, but but he said that. And then, uh, and then he said, you know, it really just sucks being a Saints fan. And, uh, you know, I, I thought about throwing in his face, well, you didn't know when it was really bad son, but you know, I just let him, I kind of backed off, let him deal with it in his own way. And, and uh, you know, get it out. But uh, yeah, he he was uh, he was upset. He was, at that, at that moment, you should have had a Florida Lee brand ready to go, white hot, and just yeah. poked him with it and been like, "Son, now you have arrived. You have arrived, and you are." I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, you Saints look at Nation. the '60s and '70s. You know, when the Saints didn't win games, like our parents, you know, that watched the Saints, and they were terrible back then. Or if you look at Ralph, you and I, and Kevin, who grew, grew up like rooting for a team that never won a playoff game, like they were good in the regular season, but they could never win a playoff game. Like, and now my son, like at seven, eight, and nine years old, he's now experienced these three playoff exits. I'm honestly not sure which is worse. Ooh, that's a good. That's a good self-loathing. He horrible. Even, he wasn't even alive for the Super Bowl win. No. <laughs> well, he had a heart. But he was in his mama's belly. So that's a good question, though. Is are these three successive horrible, crushing, soul questioning defeats? Are they as painful 
as the first twenty year, or, or let's say, are they as I painful? Worse. I think it's. I think he is. He has been subjected to more pain and suffering at seven, eight, nine years old than any Saints fan at seven, eight, nine ever. Kevin, that's a good question. Do you think? Because you're you're like me, you're you have the whole New Orleans born there experience. So you have the whole record of the Saints being terrible for long stretches in your past. Yeah. Are these three straight playoff exits as painful as any of the horrible stretches that you've endured? I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like kids are kids bounce back from 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 shit like this. Yeah, but like, he yeah, did. That's true. Gonna, he's not gonna forget it. I mean, he'll probably remember, be like, "Oh yeah, the Saints. It was kind of like, yeah, it was real sucky." But like, if the Saints are bad when he's an adolescent, that's the shit that'll mar him forever. I don't know, man. Because the thing is, like, I have the luxury of knowing what it's like to go through three and thirteen. You know, so like, I have that perspective, and like this, this is awful in its own way. But I've been through like week after week where you just know you're going to lose and it's just like how are they going to look terrible again this week and like you're not as maybe you're not you're not opening yourself up to as much disappointment but it still blows and i've experienced that he's never he's never been through that like he doesn't know what that feels like he just knows like hoping for a super bowl title and then having your soul crushed yeah right in some ways that's why in some ways i feel like that's worse yeah. What I'm saying is there will come a day where the Saints are going to regress to the mean. Mm-hmm. And 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 if he is like in those teen those like formative teenage years, uh you know, that'll fuck with him more than 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 anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I'm, know about that. I don't know. I mean, is it is it is it worse to be Buffalo the last twenty five years? And not won a playoff game, and barely been competent. Is that more painful than losing an, on a losing on losing a walk off playoff game three straight years? I don't know. It's yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing, Ralph. Like it's not losing twenty seven fourteen. It's not losing the way the Eagles did, where their quarterback goes down to the Seahawks today. You know, it's. It's like the Seahawks, yeah, they've had some tough losses. That Super Bowl loss, you know, the Malcolm Butler thing was terrible. But, like, they haven't – but it's not like they suffered three years in a row of that. The Saints, three years in a row – I mean, this, this to me of the last three years was the most the, – was the easiest. <laughs> like, <laughs> as horrible as today was, I felt like of the last three years, this was the most this, – this was the easiest to stomach of the three, which is really saying something. But – I mean, if you aggregate these three playoff exits, they I, I mean, I can't imagine there's anything worse. I can't. I was trying to think of a comparable NFL team. The only team I can come up with is the 86-87 Browns who lost on the drive to John Elway and then they lost on the fumble. Like, but they didn't have a th- they didn't have a third. You know? Um or they might have actually got to an NFC, AFC championship again the third year in a row, but they got housed. Um, but 
Well, Back to you. I just I I, <clears throat> I wanted to add to this. It's funny that you're talking about your son because I took my son to this game. Uh, yeah. How do you take it? He's and, eight, right? Um, he's seven. He'll be eight in in April. How do you take and, it? And um, well, uh, he he's come to some games. He's come to some regular seasons game, games, and he's been to he's been to some pretty wild games. I think he I think I took him to the Redskins game that maybe went into overtime or we won. At the last minute, I took him to the Panthers game last season that we went into overtime and won with a field goal. Um, and I took him to this game because I thought that I really thought the Saints were going to win. And I, you know, it was going to be a playoff atmosphere. And I just thought it would be a little more electric and it would be way more memorable for him. And oh, it's going to be memorable. Right. <laughs> and, and I was. Uh, I was really excited because this was like the first time where he's really been into it. Previously, when I brought him to games, he's just he just wants cotton candy and whatever, and he's there just for the snacks. Um, and this time, did you, get him, did you get him dipping dots. I did get him. That was the first thing I got him. That was that's always top of the list. And actually, funny thing is, it's not dipping dots. It's like an off brand. I didn't even realize that. But anyway. Uh, he, he, so he was like really into it he was really following it and he was really cheering on defense and he was on the big screen waving the towel. Um, and I was like, oh, this is the first, like, okay, he's starting to, he's getting it. He's, you know, cause previously he, he really, he's, he went the total opposite way. He, he, and every time I would talk about the saints, he'd be like, who cares? Who cares about the saints? The saints are stupid. And I'm like, are you my son? Uh, <laughs> so it was. So it was nice that to see that he's finally, I think, flipped the switch and turned the corner, and he's really into it. Uh, and then, of course, now he's gotten the real, you know, I, I, I wanted them to win so that he'd have this crazy, memorable experience, especially if they were able to pull it out like they did where they were losing most of the game uh, and win it with a last-second field goal in overtime or something like that. Um, but uh, he, he took it just fine. He took it totally fine, and I tried to, you know, you know, I, I tried to not be totally distraught, and, um, and you know, I wanted to lead by example. Off-brand off dipping dots, is that just like frozen ice that they scrape off the bottom of a freezer and put in a cup? Mi- I think it's called mini melts. Mini what? Melts. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, they have that at the. My the section in the Superdome has real dipping dots. Because you are with the hoity-toity one percent, huge. That's why that is. Um, but back to the the. And we got off track because I wanted Andrew to tell the story about his son. Uh, back to Alvin Kamara, in a sense of. You had a theory, Andrew, that. It was one of the main undoings of this Saints season. Explain it. I liked it. Say again. The the Alvin Kamara, your theory about him, how he was one of the main undoings for the Saints season. Oh right, right. Um, so I I just feel like Kamara after he got injured when he came back, he was never himself, and he always just seemed afraid to get hit. And and the two games that he was out, Latavius Murray was awesome. I know Dave is loving every second of this that I'm saying. I am, I, you know, it, it's this is the same thing as the Nick Fairley thing. Like I, I, I am, I'm relishing in the fact that hey, I was yeah. right, but I'm 
the opposite in the fact that I'm the one that suffers because I lost Nick Fairley as a defensive lineman and I lost the fucking playoff game uh, because my coach can't fucking see the goddamn light of day when it comes to Well, but I think we all were hoping that we know that Camaro when he's at his best. He's the guy that sits in front of me. He turns around every fucking game. He turns around to me and he says, well, I don't understand. Why aren't they giving him more to LaDavious Murray? And I'm like, I don't know, my man. You were preaching to the fucking choir. And I keep calling him LaDavious Murray. It's gotten, I'm not even trying to do, meaning to do it. But here's the thing. What was the, was the final two games, Kevin, sort of the worst thing that happened because it gave Sean Payton just a taste of, and us too of like old Camara. So we're like, he's fine. We look what he did against Tennessee. Look what he did against Carolina. He's back, baby. And that was the worst thing that could have happened. The Saints would have been better off if he just stayed not not the same guy and the and Sean Payton would have believed in him. Wait, what, what do you mean? You're saying if he would have just been average, the same that he'd been all season. Yeah, Sean like Payton. if he doesn't, if he doesn't rip off the long run against Tennessee, and he doesn't rip off the the nice run against Carolina, like then he's he's he. That means he's been awful basically since the Seattle game. The Saints maybe Sean Payton is like you're not any good. Like I can't count on you in this playoff game, and he's not giving him the ball as much. Right. I mean, maybe he goes to Latavius Murray more. Maybe he just schemes up some different shit. Yeah. I mean, that's possible, but fuck it. The, the, the team was, man, the team was, uh, fighting for the possibility of getting a second seed in the playoffs. So good God. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to worry about, I'm not worrying about, shit that happened in the regular season like that. I'm just not. Eight catches for 34 yards. Good. I mean, that's a that's abominable. I, Man, I feel like every time he catches the ball, he's short of the sticks. You know, I, every I'm single. Sh- time. <laughs> here's here's the thing, and we can go around the horn, but I'm gonna, and you you guys can tell me if I'm nuts, and you can shoot me down, but I'm gonna lay, I'm gonna do this prediction right now. The Saints are going to decide not to pay Alvin Kamara the $12, $13 million that he's going to want and the market would bear for him. They're going to decide not to pay him. Alvin Kamara is not going to just play out the final year of his contract. He's either going to be pay me or I'm holding out in the summer and the Saints will know that. So I'm going to predict to you the Saints are going to drop a trade bomb on us sometime in the offseason via Jay Glazer that the Saints have traded Alvin Kamara for a second and a fourth and Saints Twitter is going to freak the fuck out about it. Uh, What about Lattimore? Lattimore is more difficult because he's got two years left. Look, as, as far as Kamara's concerned, I, I think that's a pretty damn good idea, to be honest with you, Ralph, and that, that actually wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, and I only say that because uh, I'm assuming Sean Payton thinks like I'm thinking, and he's thinking, he's, uh, look, as a, as a fan, obviously, the nostalgia of Alvin Kamara and all the fun times we've had and, and you know, the Mark Ingram Kamara show and all that, but, I mean... At the end of the day, when you're talking about a football team, uh, Peyton has always, 
always been able to find, with the exception maybe of C.J. Spiller, he has always been able to find that that type of running back, whether it's drafting Traverse. him. Get that. Look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whether it's through the draft or whether it's free agency, for the most part, uh, he's been able to always find a guy to fill that role and do it pretty pretty darn well. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't think that's the worst idea. Kevin, would you be mad, angry, shocked the Saints shipped out Alvin Kamara like they did Jimmy Graham? Um, I'd I'd probably be shocked. Um, really? Surprised. Surprised would be. I, I just I don't know. I, I mean, they did it to Sproles. They did it to Bush. They did it to Jimmy did it Graham. To they did it to Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I, I more draft picks for you, Kevin. Though that could be exciting. Well, okay. If the deal is, if the deal is, if and they then you can trade well, down, actually, no. Hang on a second. Get more draft Hang picks. on a second. They're if never they actually down traded ever. him. If they actually traded him and got a bunch of draft picks for it, I think I would be surprised by that. I would be surprised by that because that doesn't strike me as something that the that the Saints. I don't know. I think if you offered Kevin a first-round pick or three fourth-round picks and he could choose between the two, I think he'd pick the three players. <laughs> Make it three-thirds. <laughs> three third-round three picks, and you can have Alvin Kamara. The Saints haven't even been eliminated for 24 hours, and we're already into the, the Kevin-held... Give me draft picks off season. <laughs> good times, good times. Um, but no, anyway. So let me finish my point, though. Uh, I think let's talk about the draft I, till this fucking Super Bowl is over. Well, I agree with Ralph that I think in some ways Sean Payton wanted. Alvin Kamara to get back to himself and he needed that to be successful in the playoffs like to win a Super Bowl they really needed like I don't think Latavius Murray is carrying this team to a Super Bowl you know that that's the thing like I think they really needed Kamara to be Kamara for this playoff run especially if they were going to go on the road and do something special so I think it was wishful thinking but I think it backfired in the sense that he never really got back to that level and I don't know that they would have gotten further than like at Green Bay, or maybe they would have gotten to San Francisco, but I just don't think they would have won a Super Bowl with Latavius Murray. But I do think they would have won this game if they had leaned on him more. Well, that's that's an interesting point. Then, like, if 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 they need, if you feel like Sean Payton believes they need Kamara to be special to win a Super Bowl. Then I think my trade count, my my trade prediction isn't as sharp because then Sean Payton will just be like, "You'll get healthy, uh, and we'll trade you out." But but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. You know, they 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 sort of made a decision on Brandon Cooks um, because of you know they they said that it, you know it was he 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 complained about things, but really the Saints were like, "We have Michael Thomas now." We're not paying you, and that was the thing. I don't know that Dave that they've been able to find other backs, 
but they've never been able to find somebody like Kamara was in 2017, 2018, and 2019, the first two weeks when he was healthy, you know? So it, it, Darren Sproles broke the all-time yards from... It's true. It's true. I mean, whatever total yardage record in they 2011. Could, they could swap Kamara and they could get Boston Scott back from the Eagles straight up. Trade. I mean, what I'm saying is, is I, I don't, you know, I'm not some college draft guru, but uh, if anybody who is, if there is a guy out there in this draft class who fits that mold, uh, I would, I would very much, I could very much see Peyton going after him. Well, we got plenty of time to study that. We you do. Know, we're not gonna, let's not talk about it till after the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, Andrew. The one thing that, you know, I got, you know, as you watch these games sort of, you, you know, especially a game like today, you ebb and flow. And you, but, but, but I really was concerned and I knew that this, the, the Saints offense, not that they were fucked, but that, like, they weren't going to score 35 and it wasn't going to be a boat race. And that was out the window. That sort of happened to me in the third series when Minnesota was, instead of playing their two ends out wide, they were just like, we're just going to put them in the middle, Hunter and Griffin, and we're just going to crush the middle of your line, Saints. And it's not going to matter that we barely have enough corners to dress in this game because those two dudes are going to wreck your interior and grind your game plan to a halt. And it worked for three quarters. So the Saints offensive line, which people say it's great, it's a strength, it's Armstead, it's Ramchek, it's so good. For the second year in a row, Andrew, it's failed them in the playoffs. What happened? Yeah, I mean, Andres Pete, he just he just didn't have it, man. Um, now, Ramchick gave up a sack. I don't think Armstead played well. Um, so there's plenty of blame to go around. I mean, I don't mean to just kind of pick on Pete. I think a lot of guys on the line didn't play well, but Pete was by far the worst. And, you know, we I was talking, I was texting with you about this earlier today. Like, Andres Pete, I don't know that I call him a bust because I think he made a Pro Bowl, right? He made one. Yeah. And he overall, I think he, he's had moments with the Saints uh, where he's flashed and looked pretty special. And there, then there were times where Armstead got hurt and he played left tackle. And to have that versatility to move from guard to tackle and hold up was important to the Saints. So he had his moments. But I, I kind of feel like he's a Kenny Vaccaro pick. You know, Kenny Vaccaro never saw a second contract with the Saints. So you had him for five years. And the car was picked around 15, and I think Andres Pete was picked around 11, right? Vaccaro did some touchdown saving shit last night for the Titans, though. Yeah, I'll but it wasn't the Saints. I'll give him that. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, so I, I think as far as the value of the pick for the Saints, and look, Andres Pete could go on to have a great career somewhere else, and he could actually be healthy for that team. They could put him at left tackle, and it could work out. I mean, I still think he could end up being a good player. It's kind of like Akeem Hicks. Like sometimes your luck runs out with the Saints, and they just they they're like, "Look, we're not giving you. You have great potential. You're a good player, but we're not giving you that second contract because you just never did it for us." And then we're seeing a little bit with Vicaro. We're seeing it with Akeem Hicks, and Andres Pete could do that too. But I just think I, I I don't see him back with the Saints, and I think this was the final nail in the coffin. I think that decision was probably made before this game. Uh, but now I think we all see it crystal clear. Um, he, he, what, 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 what was he drafted, Ralph? Like twelfth overall? Yeah. And I, when you're, and you said it, when you're a guard, if you're going to be picked twelfth overall as a guard, 
you better be a perennial all pro. They didn't just draft him as a so guard. I, I don't know that I call him a bust, but it is an underwhelming pick. The Saints made a mistake on that pick. They drafted him as a tackle. If you'd have told them, if you'd have told them right before they put they turned in the card, if you'd have been like, "I'm from the future, Saints," Andres Pete is going to be a disaster on the right side. You're going to have to stick him at left guard. I'm from the future. This is all I can tell you. Goodbye. The Saints would have been like, "We we can't." We they'd have been like, seriously, they'd have been like, "We got two minutes." We got to pick somebody else in the cloud or whatever the fuck they call it because they'd have been like, we, we can't pick him there because we can't pick a guard at the top 15. Like, we can't do it, you know? And it just, you know, just it wasn't, it wasn't a good pick. But, but, Dave, what do you blame today on? If you, if I said to you, pin it on one person. Oh. Jeez. Who is it? Who is who <laughs> deserves who must be assessed blame for our pain today? I mean I would I would never really pin it on one person because it's a team sport and there was uh there was a lot of poor play by a lot of people. Um but I, you know I, I think the you know you could say there are multiple answers to this question, but I would disagree. I think there's one and only answer to this question, and I think it's uh and I hate to say it. But I think it's Will Lutz. I mean, I think if he makes that kick, oh. it's, it's 23. Lutz is more disappointing to you than Drew Brees today? Um, yeah. I mean, only because you're a kicker and you've got one specific job to do. And it, it sucks, but you're required to do that one job and you're to do it really well. And, I mean, you know... The Saints did a good job at the end of the second, ha- at the end of the first half, getting, getting in there. Position. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Drew, and, and I, I Drew disagree. Brees, and I Drew disagree. Brees was and the one to get there. Now, Drew Brees, look, Drew Brees. I disagree. Drew Brees did not look good. He's he held on to the ball a little bit too long. He, you know, the the he he did it twice, and the one time he got lucky because he as he. He got tackled as he threw it away, and he was able to get it thrown away. And then the second time, he he held on to it too long, and he he had it held it in one hand, and he got too loose with the ball, and and uh, and obviously the throw, the interception. Uh, I didn't think that was a terrible decision. I don't think he saw Harris. Harris was on the other side of the field and Harris did a great job. I have to give a lot of credit to Harris. He did a great job of closing that gap and coming in all the way from the other side of the field. I don't think Drew ever thought that he was going to make it over there and that he was going to wind up throwing into double coverage. But I just... You have one play. You could look at Will Lutz and he had one play, one kick... One miss, and that was for points. Uh, that was a direct play for points, and it was missed. And that yeah. kept that. that, well, that the Lutz the thing is tough. Overtime and winning the game. The Lutz is yeah. Well, that's the thing. Lutz misses a field goal, and then you look back and you go to overtime. So that those three points were really valuable, obviously. And but, normally, I don't like to say, well, if, if you kick a field goal, because then there's the whole butterfly effect, like, well, then yeah. what happens the next play? But this was at the end of the half, so there is no butterfly effect. He either makes the kick, and the Saints go in the locker room up 
three more points than they were before, or he misses the kick and the Saints go in the locker room without those three points. So there's no butterfly effect for that. That's fair. But my thing is with Breeze, as he's gotten older, we have accustomed, we've become accustomed to what Breeze is now, which is off the charts, better than ever pre-snap. I mean, he recognizes where pressure's yep. coming from. He processes things very fast. And what that results in is getting the ball out quickly to Michael Thomas, getting the ball out quickly to Alvin Kamara, occasionally throwing at the second level. But for the most part, it's a possession passing game. And we've been okay with that. I personally, like some Saints fans can't stand that and they hate it. They hate that he doesn't have the deep ball anymore. He, he, he doesn't have the arm strength he used to have. He doesn't push the ball downfield as much as he used to. And I've generally been okay with that because his quarterback rating is as high as it's ever been. His completion percentage is as high as it's ever been. And he's playing really efficient football. So the offense isn't as exciting as it used to be. There's not as many big plays, but they're methodical. They move the chains. And generally speaking, Breeze plays at a very high level. So I've accepted that. What I don't accept is when he's careless with the football. Because if I've got to suffer through no more explosive plays, and and I know Taysom Hill had a couple, but I'm just saying no more explosive plays, no more ability to push the ball down the field, and you're giving the ball to the other team, that's where I draw the line. So, look, it was one game, and Breeze played 10 out of – I mean, this is his worst game of the season, and he played, what, 10, 11 games, and he had one bad one. So, And he had one bad one maybe against Atlanta, but otherwise – he was rock solid all year. So this isn't like a uh, let's move on from Drew Brees ploy. I'm just calling out that the Saints can't win if he plays like that because the whole deal now is that he can't push the ball down the field or, or that this yeah. offense isn't set up to do that. So, like, he has to protect the football. That's it. Like, he cannot turn it over. That's why they went 13-3 yeah. and three, because they weren't turning the ball over. Yeah, I mean, they had eight turnovers all year. They had two today. The the, the turnover, the interception, I was with Dave. It, it, it was bad in that it swung. You know, they were up 10-7. If they would have got points before the half, they would have got the ball in the second half. It really could have changed the momentum. But I'm with Dave. Like, he made a poor decision, and it happens. We we're just so used to him being do you, perfect. Do you think, do you think uh, Taysom Hill hitting a shot deep made Breeze feel like he had to? You think that was in the back of his mind a little bit? I like, mean, ah, no. Say that play. I got to make one too. I got to no, go get me one. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I just think, I just think he. I think it was like Dave said. I think he 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 thought I can get it. I can I can either get it again or it won't be. It'll be. It won't be an interception. I don't think he thought the Minnesota guy could get there. The play well, that really also also like the. I just want to say the deep ball again has not worked all season. No, and and. Most of the time, like, Drew either can't throw it that far or it's slightly underthrown or whatever. Like, a lot of times it's on Drew. But Ted Ginn, maybe he's lost a step, but that maybe he's more afraid to get hit than he used to be. But, like, that dude does not fight for the ball. He does not go up and get it. Like, I mean, Ted Ginn is a shell of his former self. He's been that way all year. And then deep ball to him. I mean, look at the numbers. It has not worked. It's wa- He's washed. He was f- super fun in 2017. He was amazing in the playoffs, by the way. Last year, he got hurt. He was meh. This year, he's completely washed. And the Saints, they were shopping for a wide receiver desperately, and prices got away from him. I mean, there was a reason they were doing it. But the thing is, with of, of Drew Brees' two mistakes, I thought the fumble was more egregious 
than the interception in late in that game. Even if he takes he, that sack, he, it, it the Saints just, are still in field range. He cannot fumble there, and he can, he just should have said, "They've got me. Go down." Like that he, to me and, was. And he normally and he normally does that. I felt like he was taking. Uh, he was a lot more loose uh, yeah. today and taking a lot more chances uh, than he normally does take. But yeah, I, I thought that was very uncharacteristic. I mean, he just. He was very uh, uh, not protective of the football on that play. The other thing I'll say about Drew, and I say this, and I have, you know me, I have seen him play eight or nine games in person from field level. Um, it's not so much that I don't feel like Drew can throw the ball down the field. It's that it, it, uh, there's not a lot of a lot. His balls just seem to hang. There's not a lot of velocity on the passes, you know, especially when you compare somebody like Taysom Hill. Um, but like when he goes deep or deep-ish, when he's going 20, 25, 30, 40 yards out, um, the balls just seem slow to get there. They just kind of... He's not, he's not throwing that pass that Kirk Cousins did in overtime to Thielen. Breeze can't make that throw. Yeah. Totally. He just he can't. And I want to go. And I want to go back again. I just I want to just make sure we qualify our last topic and say that you know, I don't think any of us blame one player for losing this game. I mean, there was just a shitload of blame to go around. I mean, you know, whether it's Sean Payton and maybe not using Latavius Murray or very bad penalties. You know, you talk about a false start penalty on the big uh, punt. Uh, uh, you know, um, that's obviously, that's all right. Obviously, Drew Brees, Will Lutz, uh, most of the defense played <laughs> like shit. Uh, I mean, there's there's plenty of blame to go around. In fact, I think probably the only person I wouldn't blame is either Thomas Morstead or Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris had a great game. He Trey, same, Trey Hendrickson was awesome. Oh, yeah, also agreed. But Deontay Harris, he Taysom came up Hill. with a couple of – well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Deontay Harris came up with a couple of great returns uh, when the Saints really needed it. They had it, a penalty so. that killed one of them too. I mean – uh, Harris had the 50-yard catch too on the yeah. and pass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that it it's so tough. I mean, I... what makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have, or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. 
To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I want to say Peyton got out coached, and he did, but he figured that shit out on the fly. Like, at the end of the game... Their offense was really moving well, and I think like if they'd have won the toss, I think there's a good chance they go down and score. Like they, the Saints had finally figured out how to crack that Minnesota thing, and it, the the way to crack it was they ran quarterback power with Taysom. But I mean, I think they you know they finally they finally figured it out, and so even though I want to blame Peyton for beating out coach at the beginning, you know he he fixed it on the fly. Um, you know, but yeah. Speaking of coaches, I mean, that's the thing that kills me is when you get to the playoffs, the margins are tighter, points are harder to come by. Coaches they come up with great plans, and Zimmer is a great coach, and he he really did come in with a great plan. And I thought Sean Payton adjusted pretty well. Um, the Saints got it kind of kind of got it going offensively in the fourth quarter, and they did what they needed to to get the game to overtime. Um, and they never got a chance in overtime, so we'll never know what they could have done offensively. Uh, at that stage of the game, but um, I just feel like Lafleur going into Green Bay, a young coach that hasn't had that experience. I man, I I feel like Sean Payton would have run circles around him. I really do. Yeah, and it, I mean, you know, people in the chat room are like it took too long. I get it, but it you know it it's hard for as a team you work on the plan, you know. Uh, all week long and you feel good about it and the Saints went into halftime it was only 13 to 10 so I'm not necessarily sure that they were like we got to chuck it all out the window and also a thing that killed the Saints is they only had 21 plays in the first half yeah they only had 21 hard it's hard to really know what's working versus not when you've had that few plays you know and Dave one of the things that I felt like we went back to in this game was you remember, especially when they had Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback and even early on with Breeze, you know, I think you had mentioned in the podcast where, and that was part of your, you want, you wanted to run Ladavius Murray more is 
we were like, they can't get in third and long. This offense is just not built for it. They can't, if it's more than third and six, they're screwed. And I felt like this game reverted back to that where the last month of the year we kind of got in that sort of, I don't know the word for it, but we got into that mode of it doesn't turn eight, doesn't matter, turn 10, whatever. We pick it up. It doesn't matter. And this game, it was back to that, and it just took Sean Payton a long time to figure that out, that he had to grind out yards on first and second down. Well, I mean, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No... You can't, unfortunately. I mean, um, you know, the thing I will say that we have to credit the Vikings. I mean, they're well coached. Um, They I know a lot of people want to say that, oh, that team's garbage. Kirk Cousins awful. But we know that Kirk Cousins is a different player when Dalvin Cook is there. Um, and when he's playing well. And Dalvin Cook, especially in the first half, my, my God, man, he was awesome. Kirk Cousins. Give the Saints credit. I, I thought in the fourth quarter – uh, the Saints defense gave the team a chance to win because they were able to stop Dalvin Cook and they were able to get off the field. So give the Saints defense some credit too, although they had a, holding, a couple dubious holding penalties that helped them out. But, you know, I, I think the Vikings are a good football team. And I said going into this game, this wasn't going to be easy. I knew, like, I, my, my, I think my score prediction was 34 to 31. And I said, this isn't going to be comfortable. The Vikings are good. The margins are going to be tight. What I didn't expect was Breeze to turn the ball over twice. What I didn't expect is Armstead and Pete and Ramchek to get their ass kicked. What I didn't expect was Lutz to miss a field goal. You know, I mean, it's just the yeah. Saints did not play up to their identity today. And and I said this uh, on, on the, re- the reaction show earlier that Ralph and I did, but, but you know, it's not enough for Trey Hendrickson, Taysom Hill, and Deontay Harris to show up. Like those can't be the three guys that are carrying you. It has to be Lattimore played like shit. Breeze played like shit. Teron Armstead didn't live up to what we're used to seeing with him. Ramchek not living up to his level. Will Lutz, your all pro pro bowl kicker misses a 42 yard field goal. I mean, the, the Cam Jordan, he has a sack, but you know, Cam Jordan, I think they did a good job of limiting him too. So, you know, you they got were a lot running of at him a there, bunch, and, and too. Those are your horses. And they were running at him a bunch. Break. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Dave, I, to me, when and I said this last week, I said just don't lose at home because losing at home when walking out of the stadium is just misery and it just puts a puts a shit cap on your season that a road playoff loss does not. Um, so how do you feel about this season now that it's done? Um, I, you know, it was a great season. It was so fun. It, it sucks that this is the way it ended. Um, you, Obviously, we've we're comparing it to the last two years, and you know we don't know what's going to happen next year. But I, I think twenty years from now, when we look back, I think that these last three years are going to be grouped together. Um, yeah. They're going to re- be remembered together as the three straight years of just ridiculous. You know, Andrew said it earlier, just ridiculous playoff exits. Um, Fair to say, underachieving. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw somebody. Frustrating. You're talking about, you know, I, I, I'm sure that you guys saw this. The Saints are the first 13 and three team to ever lose in the wild card round of the playoffs. I mean, basically, what that means is the Saints are the best team in NFL history to ever lose in the first round of the playoffs. That's that's what that says to me. And yeah, that's, uh, that's what's most disappointing, I think. And, you know, it's it's you know, the question is I saw I saw on Twitter. The question is, is is this is this better or worse than or we talked about it earlier? Is it better or worse, you know, to go out this way than with a no call? And I, I yeah, think yeah. this is. See, you say better, and I, I, I think this is worse. This is like, this is like you know you have a good team, and you just your team yeah. just doesn't fucking show up on the day they're supposed to show up. Uh, it's not like somebody else takes it away from you. Uh, but you can make it. It's, it's, it's just. I but think I guess it's say, I, bias. I, mean, I, I, I think it's, they were outplayed, though. They were outplayed. They the were Vikings, outplayed. The they Vikings deserved to win that game. They did. They, the Saints made too many mistakes, and they did not do all the right things, and they did not do enough of the right things. And the Vikings played well. Yeah, they did. I guess the I defense did. Kirk Cousins was kind of he wasn't. He made a great throw at the end. He had a lot of throws that he missed. Dudes were open, or even when he hit guys, like they're like diving and sliding. Like he, like Kirk Cousins from the pocket is just ugh. like if he's not running play you, action. You know, you know what he? You know what Kirk Cousins looked like today? He looked like the Teddy Bridgewater that went five and zero with the Saints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's what you're exactly right. That's what and you know. What like. he didn't do? He didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. Well, he had there a couple. Of, he had a couple of dicey throws that could have been picked. Good enough. No, you're right. Um, I mean, th- these these playoff losses. The the thing that the thing that is so that makes me so sad and. Uh, is I'm 100% sure now that the decline is going to begin. Now, it may not be from 13 wins to 6, uh, and I'm st- I'm stunned. I mean, it was stunning that they managed to go 13 and 3 and 13 and 3 again back to back. It's only the third team to do it since 2000, uh, and I think only like the 10th in NFL history. But now the offseason comes. Von Bell. Onyemata. We talked about what they may or may not do with Kamara. Um, Pete. You know, I mean, they, this team. All three quarterbacks. <laughs> all three quarterbacks. Although, I think the way I heard Breeze talking, I think Breeze is coming back. You know? Yeah, and I, I think, think so too, yeah. and I think Teddy Bridgewater may come back because I know I, if you look like where's Teddy Bridgewater going to go? Like there's there's not many places for him to land if Tampa stays with Winston and Denver's got Drew Locke and Cincinnati's going to draft Burrow, Chicago's staying with Mitch Trubisky another year. Although you know San Diego may get rid of Philip Rivers, um, you know, uh, so we'll see. Uh, but I think there's a, I think there's a good chance that both of them uh, comes comes back though. Although I did see that Chris Collinsworth thinks that Ted, that Tom Brady is going to go to the Chargers because the Chargers are going to pay him a ridiculous amount of money because they need to sell tickets, and New England wants to move on. If New England would move on from Brady, I would bet you Bridgewater would be very high on their list as like a as like a placeholder till they figure out what they want to do. Um, but anyway, it's just that, that just makes me that just makes me sad because I know that the decline is going to start, um, 
and they just they won thirty seven. I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, you, you might be right, but maybe they'll go fourteen and two next year. You know, I, I uh, every year is different. And yeah. We'll see, but you know, they still play in the NFC South, so somebody's got to ascend above them. And Carolina, it's going to be a brave new world in Carolina. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. We don't know who their coach is going to be. So that's going to be a full rebuild. To me, Tampa is 8-8 eight and eight or worse in perpetuity until they get rid of Jameis Winston. Um, so that is what it is. And then Atlanta, Atlanta's maybe who you would say is the most likely to bounce back. At least they have stability at coach. But if but if the GM's the problem and he's not making good draft picks, uh, they're not making good decisions from a personnel standpoint, uh, then that's going to come back to bite him again. So uh, I look at this division, and I, 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 regardless of what happens in the offseason, uh, even if Breeze were to retire, I would still say it's there for the taking. War says the Saints are going to go 14-2 and two and figure out a way not to get a bye. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that's true. I mean, that's fair. I mean, the thing is with Atlanta is they have convinced themselves because of what happened in 2016 and 2017 that their defense is actually good, and it's never actually been good. It just plays good for these stretches of time, and they convince themselves that if they just stay healthy, it'll be good, but it's never good, and it's never healthy, and I think they've done it to themselves again. And I think they're going to be right back where they are at 7-9. and nine. So the Saints may backslide. But if they can get good health, and they had some bad breaks with health this year, you know, Dave, with different guys. But if they can be healthy, you know, next year they could go, maybe they could go 11-5, and five, but you get a bye like Atlanta did in 2016. Or you go fucking 10-6 and six like the Saints did in, 10, in 2006, and you get a bye. So um, I don't think it's going to be catastrophe. But I just think this, this group... Sort of Dave, as we know them, they're going to start to leave, and it's not. They're definitely the team is going to look very different in 2020 than it has the last three years. Is that fair? And to me, that 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 just says that the staff, the scouting department, has to keep nailing these picks. You know, they just have to keep doing a good job of their doing their research, getting guys like Hendrickson in the third round, That's, getting yeah, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was a great pick. Keep making picks like that. That's exactly where I was going. If, if the Saints can continue to draft as well as they've been drafting, then they're always going to be fine. They're, they will never not be fine. If you can always draft three to four players that are going to be able to contribute on a significant basis, you're going to be okay. And maybe find a, a, you know, a Granderson in the undrafted free agency period. Yeah, go ahead, or, go ahead or, Dave, or a, it. a little Jordan Humphrey. Or, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the... Here's the yeah, thing. He's really done a lot. And look, you, you know, know, we don't have he, he had a great game who today. And, who may come along in his sophomore year and ignite the NFL. Yeah, people in the people in the chat room are telling me to go screw myself. We're not declining anything, uh, which I like. Um, but, uh, you know, like uh, War says, it's supposed to be a deep wide receiver draft. The Saints, as we mentioned, with Ginn being washed and, and Traquan Smith being MIA and different guys. You know, he had a, he had a big drop today that – would have, would, have, would have helped things. Uh, so they, they can do that. But uh, I guess my point is, and we'll talk about this in the offseason, but I want to get your thoughts, you guys' initial thoughts. And I'll start with you, Dave. I want you to answer as well, Andrew. You know, basically tw- since 2017, when they had the, 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 the greatest draft in Saints history and they, they – 
pulled out of the 7 and 9 sadness loop. Basically, since then, Dave, we've been in this mode of it's YOLO and you need to be win get the second ring. What no matter what it takes, if you want to spend a billion dollars in free agency, if you want to trade picks, we don't care. Yo yo YOLO, 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 right? And it's been that way for three years and they tried it with Marcus Davenport and they haven't really gone crazy in free agency, but they've done some stuff. Are do you consider them still in the YOLO window? Uh, see, so my so my hesitation here is the quarterback position. Obviously, you know, like if 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 Drew can play another year at a at a high enough level, um, like he did this year, then yes, I say you you go YOLO. Um, but if you're going to start rolling with Bridgewater, you know, you don't necessarily know whether Bridgewater is going to be able to carry an entire team. Uh, you know, you're going to need more pieces. You're going to need more help at all other positions. So I think everything revolves around your your Drew Brees situation. I'm rewatching the game right now, by the way, on NFL Network, and Taysom just busted out that long run down the sidelines. That was God, yeah, that, that was, was awesome. It was beautiful. Every time he touched the ball, man, it felt felt like something was happening. Yeah. Um, but do, do, so. But uh, to answer to answer, I mean, they've gone thirteen and three the last two years, Ralph. So why wouldn't they go YOLO? I think there's <laughs> ultimate confidence right now that whoever they draft, they're going to help the team. You know, whoever they've drafted in the past, they're going to ascend and get better. So whether it's Chauncey Garner Johnson, he's going to make a big leap. Uh, you know, we've seen Von Bell make a big leap. So. Maybe Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in year two is going to make a big leap. And, and you know, maybe um, Lattimore is going to have a transformation this offseason and, and be a shutdown corner that we know he can be for, for a whole year. And, um, you know, maybe McCoy develops into the next Max Unger, and he's, he's ridiculous next year, like the best center in the league. You know, so maybe these – maybe Davenport finally has a fully healthy year and um, – you know, he gets to double-digit sacks. So, you know, there, there's a bunch of guys on this team that can develop, and I think there's more draft picks to be made. And, you know, if they get another free agent like Demario Davis where they hit there, yeah. um, I think the Saints – I mean, look, they've been doing a good job. Like, Jared Cook was a nice pickup. Easton is seems to be okay now. And um, these free agents – Latavius Murray was a good pickup. So they're making good decisions. I, I, I really think the scouting and personnel department personnel department have done as good of a job as ever just in terms of finding talent and and they haven't had the most resources by the way they haven't had top 10 draft picks they haven't had the amount of money to dump into a player like they did with Jairus Bird um, they've had to be more selective they've had to be smarter about their approach but they've been hitting on these guys and so I think there's enough of a foundation here with Cam Jordan and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees I mean maybe some of these guys leave but I think there's enough of a foundation there that if you can continue to build on top of it by making smart moves, you're still going to be right there. Dave, when 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 Sean Payton and the staff, when they have their end of the year, not the end of the year meeting, but when they have their beginning of the off season and they're all sitting around the conference room and the conference table, and they start to talk, and they say, "What do we need to do to win a Super Bowl?" 
and Sean Payton's going to say, we need this, what is he going to say as far as like a player or a position? Not a, a name, but like a position. What What is he going to say they need? Well, it's Sean Payton, so he's going to say somebody on offense. Um <laughs> And uh, I'm going to say it's going to be like another, uh, you know, it's going to be another big, speedy receiver for sure. Andrew, what do you think? It would I, be? I think I think Sean Payton would love to go back to he would love to have a Colston Jimmy Graham thing again. So I think he would love to have a Thomas, you know, I don't know, some, somebody else like that to go with Michael Thomas. What do you think, Andrew? You know, I, I think uh, I, I would still, I mean, I, I love what Jared Cook brought to this team this year, but I, I still think kind of getting a young tight end in the mix uh, would be nice. You know, just, I mean, Taysom Hill's been fun at tight end, um, but I would love to see them kind of go after and get, get that kind of playmaker. But honestly, I think the offensive line's getting a little long in the tooth. I, mean, I think Andres Pete's going to walk. Larry Warford's not getting any younger. Teron Armstead is banged up. And so you've got – in McCoy and Ramchick, you've got two really good young assets. But I'll be honest, uh, I, I think retooling this offensive line and adding to it with a guard and a tackle, I really think they need two young, promising players. And uh, they don't necessarily need to be starters because you still have Armstead and you still have Warford. Um, so you don't necessarily have to go first round. But whether it's a third round, fourth round – uh, and then maybe you develop a guy. I, I think they've got to solidify that offensive line. So uh, that that's almost – I mean, they do need a playmaker. But I, I tell you what, man, I really think Deontay Harris is a guy that needs – I know he's small, and so that's going to be a limitation. But I he needs to see more time in this offense. Uh, Taysom Hill obviously needs to see more time in this offense, maybe with a more specific role. And if, if Teddy does come back and, and Drew is back also – um, I wonder if Taysom Hill should be a full-time tight end, um, you know, where they could still do the wildcat stuff, but it's just like, that's the craft that he's really, really trying to perfect. Um, but I, I think there's still some weapons here. You know, if you let Ted Ginn walk and maybe Traquan Smith, but you get some, some receivers in the mix, I don't know that they necessarily need to spend a first round pick on that. Um, but for me, this offensive line is getting a little banged up and long in the tooth. I'd like to see them reinvest there. Well, if they if they re-sign Breeze, they can Loomis math it, right? I mean, Breeze's cap hit this year was only fifteen million, so they could like extend they could extend Breeze out for like two more years, right? And his cap number yes. for this year could be like some ridiculously low number, right? And they could just kick it down the road again. They've been kicking it down the road for like what five years, right? So they could they could in theory kick it down the road, create a bunch of cap space. They have a decent amount already. Um, I'm with you, Andrew. Uh, I wonder if they will um, go and try to get uh, a veteran receiver, like like the guy AJ Green, who we were for for like five whole minutes on Twitter. I was excited and thought that the Saints had got him. Um, but I wonder if they'll if they'll try to do. Uh, if they'll try to do that, um, you know, and selfishly, I want them to do a bunch of shit during the free agency because 
it gets people to listen to this podcast, sign up for this podcast, and it allows us to do fun things like a live show at Tracy's and have more money to do cool stuff. So the more the Saints do in free agency and have crazy breaking news and I can play this sounder, uh, the better it is for everybody, really. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I just... Dave, I'm struggling to sum this up. Uh, congratulations to Tulane, by the way, Dave, for winning a bowl game for the first back-to-back bowl games for the first time uh, ever. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we were really excited about that. Uh, it was a good weekend. It's been a good new year so far for Tulane Athletics. Not only did we win the bowl game yesterday, Tulane's basketball, men's basketball team beat Cincinnati for the first time, I think, in about 25 years. And that was also... Uh, I think our first in-conference win, which is one more than we had last year. So things are looking up for... Oh, you uh, mean for, uh, you mean that corpse, Mike, he, the, the new coach is better than that corpse, Mike Dunleavy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, just a little bit, just a little bit better. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that was awesome. I had a good time. Uh, I made a lot of money. I, w- I was able to work there and I, we Campus Connection sold at two events uh, nice. in Fort Worth that weekend and uh and then got to watch the game and Tulane got down early 13 nothing and then scored 30 unanswered points so so you went you were in Fort Worth scrambled home to go to the playoff game yeah so I was actually I thought I talked about this last week but so I was actually freaking out because that's why I had an I had an a, an extra vested interest in that in in the Detroit Lions trying play Green Bay game and the Seahawks uh, Niners game because I really wanted this. I was really pulling for the Saints to get the bye because I was worried that I knew I was going to be in Fort Worth Saturday for the Tulane Bowl game. And I was worried that uh, if the Saints had to play on Wild Card Weekend this weekend, I was worried they were going to get the Saturday game and I was going to have to miss the Saints game. And I have not missed the Saints home game since 2004. Um, I've been to every single Saints home game, uh, including, you know, London and the one after Katrina at Giant Stadium, uh, the Tiger Stadium, LSU games. So um, so fortunately, I, I, this is the, I, it was really weird that the, that the NFL put AFC games on Saturday and NFC games on Sunday. They never do that. They always do one and one. Uh, so anyway, so I lucked out. So I flew home uh, immediately after the game from Fort Worth uh, yesterday. And I was home, I was home, you know, by 7.30 and, yeah. uh, and then went to the game today. So, yeah, <sighs> yeah, roll wave, roll wave, roll, baby. roll wave, man. And Alex, go, roll wave. And uh, also, man, uh, my, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this before uh, the national title game. But uh, man, LSU's got to got to win. I can, I can, yeah. I cannot handle an NFC championship getting stolen from me, the Astros losing four straight home World Series games, the Saints getting bounced in the playoffs again after going 13-3, and and LSU losing a national championship in the Superdome. I cannot deal with that yeah, give us some over like a 13-month span. I, I just – I can – Fucking not handle that in a, in hey, a calendar uh, Ralph, year. Real quick, uh, I, I've got uh, three quick shout outs uh, that I want to give. Um, and I'm sorry, these a couple of these are kind of somber, but um, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned these. Um, 
I want to give a quick shout out to Dave Hill. Um, his family, I know, is uh, he, he passed away over the holidays and he was a huge Saints fan. Uh, I know he listened to the show. And um, so my condolences to his family and uh, wishing them all the best. I'm sorry the Saints didn't give you a little happiness today, um, but, um, you know, really appreciate the support. And uh, also I want to give a shout out to our listener, super fan, Michelle. Uh, I know she's in the hospital with her fiance today and uh, hoping for, that everything's okay with him and that he has a quick recovery. Get well. Uh, we want to have the you, wedding in Vegas. Yeah. I know. You, yeah. You got to bounce back, man. We, we're ready to do this. So I uh, ho- hope that goes well. And then lastly, I want to give a shout out to Steve Gleason. Um, he is um, due, I think, to get a medal of honor in DC. Yeah. Um, and, what he's been able to accomplish in a freaking wheelchair while immobile uh, is more than um, certainly all three of us put together has ever been able to accomplish for humanity. Um, and, Speak for um, yourself. I'm on the morning show for Channel 4. I mean, it's just amazing. He, <laughs> he's an inspiration. A bum arm, so. Yes. Yeah, well, true, true. But, I mean, look, Steve Gleason was an NFL football player, for God's sake. Yes. And he's doing more after his playing career while in a wheelchair with a, a, a disease. So anyway, Steve Gleason, you're the man. Much respect to you. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to get those three shout outs in. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, listen, uh, it's been amazing this year. We've had amazing fun with this podcast this year. We've grown tremendously. We are, look at the ratings. We are the number one Saints podcast in the fucking world. And it's because of you people listening to the show every week. Uh, we love you guys. We did the live show, which I still can't believe that happened. Like it's, it was just amazing. Yeah, that was a memory of a lifetime. It was memory. We're gonna try to do it again. We got some plans. Maybe we're gonna try to do it around the draft. We'll see. Uh, but it was, it's just been great this year. Stick with us. Uh, we, you know, a lot of these Saints podcasts, the season ends, they go on hiatus. They go, they go, come on every other week, every month. You know, they check in with you. No, no. We're here every week with the big show, Sunday night, Monday night, plus the daily show, $7 a month for our patrons. We are the place to be for Saints news and nonsense and jokes and ridiculous. If you love us and you just found us late in this Saints season and playoff run, stick with us. We have more fun than all the other podcasts. I don't care. We just do. We, uh, we're we better. We're more fun. So there you go. So uh, it sucked today. I just wish we could keep doing it with games. Now. I wish we could. Uh, me and Andrew uh, now have to plan. Fans as we are. And, we, me uh, and Andrew I'm, are so I'm sad. because had to end like this. Because now me and Andrew have to plan daily Saints podcasts, and we don't have games to look forward to. And last year we got games all the way through the NFC Championship, and it was just so it makes it, it makes our life so much easier. But we're gonna do them daily anyway. We'll figure it out. We'll do it. It'll be amazing. It'll get more and more ridiculous as me and Andrew struggle to fill content. But uh, thanks, guys. It's been fun. Uh, Michelle, your fiance. Get well, guy. We want to have that Vegas. We want to have that wedding in Vegas. So thanks for hanging out with us, guys, tonight. Today sucks, but that's life. But we'll get through it. We'll figure out a way. Just drink some more, pass out, take a PTO today, tomorrow for work. So for Dave, for Kevin, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Until next week, the bar is closed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. 
If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.